There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The year is 2023. And the book is called The Woman in Me. Look at that, that rhymed. It rhymed. Hello, everyone. Hello. Some of you may know, we do have a spinoff podcast called Legends Only, where we talk about pop culture every single week, all of the happenings and albums and bops and the likes from everyone. And with this podcast here, we never intended for it to continue past 2018. It was a 20-year look back. And obviously the book, The Great Mysterious Book, is a huge part of Britney's story. Yes. So we did not want to exclude that. Yeah, so we had a conversation about the book on Legends Only, and we decided that it only made sense to also have it on It's Britney, Bitch. Yes. So what you're hearing is from the latest episode of Legends Only. So enjoy this special one-off analysis of The Woman and Me. And if you'd like to keep up with us, Head on over to Legends Only. Well, now that we finally closed the chapter on the events of this week, mm. I think it's time we open another book. Oh, crack it open. The Woman in Me. The Woman in Me out now. You did the audiobook in the morning. I did the audiobook in the morning and got the book book physical. It's got the little rose inside, too. When you open, if you take the jacket off, it's got the rose emoji at the front of the oh. book. Mm -hmm. Not the emoji, but like a rose. Gotcha. Yeah. It, embossed in pink. Ooh. Mm -hmm. That's expensive to emboss. Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard Michelle Williams and, and have the physical book. Now, we talked about it at length. <laughs> Certainly at length. A lot. During the live chat. But uh, we'll cover our highlights I guess, during during this this main episode as well. But if you want to go through the deep dive of it all, you can listen to the live chat if you're subscribed on Patreon. I think one of the big takeaways that we kind of settled in on about the book is that we felt like it was part of her story, but not the whole story. Yeah. But it was an important, obviously, overview of everything that happened. I think... Probably the biggest takeaways from a distance, it was very much childhood into how she got into the industry, into how everything both skyrocketed and then came tumbling, and the conservatorship. Very, very briefly, like post-conservatorship at the end there. And I do think it was sort of a mad dash to get to the conservatorship years, and for good reason, because that's a story she wanted to get out there. I think, yeah, there was a lot of information at once. We're still processing. For all the headlines that came out before the book came out, I still felt there was a lot in there that wasn't spoiled by the press. Um, Agreed. I think the most obvious things were publicized ahead of the book by the outlets because people remember Britney and Justin. People remember the media battles with Christina. They remember certain parts of pop culture. 
So of course, that's what the outlets are going to lead with. And also anything, any mentions of Sam, any mentions of any celebrity, like from a celeb- celebrity memoir standpoint, they they grab the names that you know first, I think. Even though, like, obviously a big part of the story is the conservatorship, her father, Lou Taylor, which, as I said on the live, like, if you're Susie in the Midwest going by... Oh, Susie? The, the craziest <laughs> thing about me is I never bought store-bought pesto. <laughs> Not that Susie. Not that Susie. If you're rolling by with your car down the supermarket and you're looking at the tabloids and stuff, Lou Taylor is not a name that's going to jump out at you like Brittany and Justin. It's just not. So I think it's not surprising that that half of the book was much less, it didn't lead with that in the media. Like, of course not. I am sort of annoyed that the Justin of it all is huge takeaway from this book because as much as it is very much important to the overall story, like it's not what she's talking about towards the back half at all which I feel like is not as much publicized in, in the media and telling her story. But but I also think the context of the Justin story is hugely important. Yeah. Oh, totally. But I think if you just drill it down to little quotes, of course it doesn't, you know, everyone wants the shady, shady clapbacks. Like what's the, what are the shady things she said about Kevin and Justin and like, Right. Bless there, his heart. Bless his heart. There oh, are a few there oh, are a few fun so digs in there for sure, but there need there needed to be greater context about how the length of their relationship and how close and and what they had gone through together and to really understand the full story. Which is why I was annoyed when people are like, What are the highlights? I'm like, you need to read it to understand everything. Like yeah. not just like who does she drag? It's not a book I feel like you can just open to a chapter mm-hmm. and start in the middle of the book. Right. You need to read it through. Yeah, I think one of the most illuminating things of the book actually is from the get-go because it really tells you how chaotic reference her family was from the jump and also how eerily prophetic her family was going back to her grandfather and grandmother and the mental hospital of it all and the lithium. Like There was a lot put in motion before her and in her family dynamics that was already a recipe for disaster hearing about her upbringing, the daiquiris at 13, smoking, sex, whatever, which like I'm not shaming or anything, but it's like these things add context to the greater story, not even being a virgin by the time she debuted, which is like such a part of her narrative in the media when she debuted, as we talked about in the live chat, which is insane to think about now that we even talked about her virginity and to the amount that we did. She had to maintain a lie pretty much from the get-go, this like virginal pop princess thing. Talking about her virginity from the very beginning was entirely inappropriate and something that, as a society, we have moved away from. We're still bad in other ways, but I do feel like that was exclusively of that era, was talking about promise rings, virginity, sex, uh, in a way that was just so out of pocket and so so inappropriate for the time, and, and in general, in general. So I feel like... It's another reminder. I mean, we hit on those topics in those documentaries, which also exposed a lot of the language used around her at the time and the inappropriateness that interviewers and headlines would have around her. In her own words, she talks about that as well. I think also like a big takeaway is as a fan, I feel like we can identify parts in her career that we wish she would have gone in on more in the book because we're being selfish reference. Um <laughs> I like this is not the big important part of telling this overall story, but 
obviously I would have loved a whole chapter dedicated to I Run Away and Before the Goodbye and Original Doll. And the the list goes on and on. The circus tour, the ins and outs of it, the guy scaring her on stage. Femme Fatale and Brittany Jean get pretty much overlooked intentionally in this book, but you know the biggest mysteries surround Brittany Jean still to this day that we have a ton of questions about. There's just, from the artistry perspective, obviously I would have loved a lot more than what we got. And I do think it is a fairly short book and I wouldn't have minded another hundred pages just to, you know, get some of that info. But that's like the Stan talking. So I realized that a lot of this book is therapeutic and trauma and wanting to express it finally. So no, maybe she's not thinking about original doll when she's relaying all this information about the hospitals and the courts dates and things like that like that's probably not top of mind however if the book needed to take longer in order to get like a more fleshed out story i would have loved that too i didn't love that the book was coming pretty much from day one of being freed from the conservatorship because i was like there's not there's no possible way you can reflect on what just happened because it just happened there's probably a lot of legal things that are still in play that she purposely can't talk about in the book and stuff and so that's almost frustrating because I feel like there's not enough time for an overview of what just happened yet. But then again, as a friend was pointing out, like maybe part of this is to get this out quick to also let the public know about what happened to her. And if there's like litigation, she names names and numbers. She drops receipts in this book. And I think we were talking about how if you needed to pass that legally through those people, they would need to challenge it with their own numbers to prove they're wrong. And so that's kind of one way of getting them is like, all right, well then. It's letting them know there are receipts. There are receipts. Here. Yeah. And she did talk about her receipt bowl at one point in the book too. She, she keeps receipts quite literally, but it was a difficult read. It was hard. It was traumatic, upsetting, heartbreaking, and painful to hear that she didn't like so many things or didn't feel in control at the time of so many things that we love. I, as a fan, can't help but be very sad to hear that she would rather break an arm or leg than continue the Onyx Hotel tour. At the time, we thought she was essentially dickmatized by Kevin Federline. She was doing Britney and Kevin Chaotic. She looked in that documentary like she was just fully over the moon with him and didn't want to care about her career. But it does sound like she was somewhat tortured by this tour, which is a shame to hear. Yeah, there's... There's definitely like a section of her career that I, many sections that I wish it were elaborated on. But again, that's sort of the stand jumping out of wanting to hear more about. And also because we even did that whole podcast to defend the fact that she was more plugged in and in control and involved in the music making and all and the creative and all that stuff. So I wanted her to sort of own her contributions more in the book to really be like, and I thought of this, and I did this, and I co-wrote this, because we have we argue that all the time. And to some degree, that did happen. It's cool that she mentioned like the, the famous you know changing the baby video was her idea. I guess adding Madonna. I don't think we knew that she added Madonna to Me Against the Music herself. No, that was That new. was new. And I don't think we knew. I knew she loved Blackout, but Blackout sounds like the one for her. I've always been a staunch in the zone defender as like her taking the reins creatively. And I do think it's true to a degree, but Blackout really does seem like the one for her, which not it's not like I don't also love Blackout, but 
she, I loved that she highlighted the facts, and I'm paraphrasing here because I didn't pull the exact quote, but she was saying, like, I was supposedly having the worst time of my life, but I made the best work. Like, she acknowledged the fact that, like, there was genius yeah. in that moment in time. Totally. I think which one of the- we had always said, like, yeah, this is brilliant. Like, she's in control here. She's EPing this. No one's giving her enough credit. Yeah. This, I think, was a huge highlight to hear her be like, yeah, I fucking did that. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the things that will stay with me on the lighter side is that she said Hot as Ice was her most spiritual session in the studio as she performed it twice in front of six quiet men, which was just... I immediately went back to my blackout demos and listened to that as she talked about singing maybe the highest she's ever. You couldn't have told me that Hot as Ice was her spiritual moment in the studio. That was shocking. But I mean, whenever it's like clearly a direct britney quote it's like it's always something you're like wait what it was that it was like oh kind of like private show yeah she's like really like going there Wailing. so i bet she yeah she felt that that was like well just, justice to- for the 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 belted note and where are you now album oh. too but interest there were so many interesting moments that i'm thinking of on the fly when she said she was inspired by tainted love as inspiring her delivery um at the beginning of like how she formed her voice or what she was wanting to sing like, that was like, oh, wow. Looking up to Mariah, darling. And that picture that we have being more meaningful to her than the award that she won, which I think many people would also feel the same way. Yeah. Relatable queen. One of my favorite chapters as well is, of course, Madonna dropping by in her New York City apartment, peering over on the the window and going, nice view. (laughs) And then eventually doing a, a red string Kabbalah ceremony with her and in a way mothering, you know, some mentoring there for a time, at least. That made me feel good that I think there are some maybe quieter moments with Madonna that we don't know about, that it wasn't just public facing. Mm-hmm. I don't think we knew anything about that story. No. So that's really cool. My overall thoughts, now that I've had a week to process... I feel like the book should not have been marketed as a memoir necessarily. Mm-hmm. I feel like it almost teed it up incorrectly for me as like a diehard fan. I feel like my Stan glasses, like thinking of the great mysterious book mm-hmm. and the way that this book rolled out, I went into this a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I felt like it wasn't like as the Stan, it wasn't like, empowering her discography and her artistry in the way that I thought it deserved. But then when I listened to the book, finished the book, to me, the book is its own chapter and a bigger story. It's like, this is the story of the conservatorship and getting out of it is honestly what this book to me was, but it needed to have her childhood story. Mm -hmm. It needed to have her, early days in the industry and the way that she was treated from literally day one, Mm -hmm. it needed to have the context of Justin. It needed to have the context of how she was treated after the breakup and all the things that she went through and blackout. It needed to have the context of all of those stories in her life to explain the conservatorship, what happened. And by the end of the book, I was like, Oh, she is still healing. Yeah. And she talks about that. And so when I finished the audiobook, I was like, Oh, this really wasn't necessarily a memoir. It was memoir-ish, but it was a story that she wanted to tell for right now. Mm-hmm. And I still think in 10 years from now or whenever, I don't know, 
numbers or whatever, there is a bigger picture that would be more triumphant and yeah. celebratory. Yeah. And I could see her having a chapter like Mariah had right. where she really gets into like a song or a video or yeah. what this meant or what this symbolism was or what this was like on set or yeah. a, a book for like the stand stands. To me, this was like, if you were keeping up with Britney in the peripheral, which mm-hmm. a lot of friends of mine were, yeah, this is going to paint a context for you that's going to help make things make sense, I think. Agreed. And I think that's who this book was for. It was like a mm-hmm. a general public, I need to tell my side of the story, mm-hmm. versus a in-depth memoir. Right. And so I really enjoyed it. I also thought it was a hard read. I think the saddest thing for me to hear her talk about was that like the only time she felt free was when she was singing. Yeah. Ugh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, the little glimpses into the ways that she tried to connect or get out of it in later years, like I don't know if we knew about the 2014 attempt. She said no. like she tried to ask to be out of it then or something. And then, th- yeah. And then. Or ta- there was like a rumor of it, but I, mm-hmm. or like something in the blogs, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. There was talking about the hairdresser who kind of told her that her schedule was too much and then immediately got replaced. There was all these like little things that are so heartbreaking. kept fee away from her. Telling her that they Felicia. told they told Felicia Brittany doesn't want you around anymore, which is heartbreaking. Yeah, there's a lot of just torture, really, and mind games at play, which was the whole insidious part of this whole thing is the lying and the close attentive telling prospective boyfriends her sexual and medical history and making them do blood tests ahead of time and stuff. It just really dehumanizes her and and humiliates her before date one. Just shocking things. I mean, we knew about when Iggy like spilled that they did a search of the home before the the, the salad dinner, uh, that nobody could have any drugs or anything or drinking. So we had gotten glimpses from the outside, especially in the recent two or three, three or four years. But yeah, to hear it all at once was really hard. I was shocked that she even name dropped some of the more recent boyfriends. And it didn't seem like she resented them much either no yeah another takeaway for me on that subject was i was shocked at how much grace she gave people who wronged her yeah like we've always kind of assumed that she was an optimist Mm -hmm. and resilient is like something we've always described her as yeah and after reading her own words that is confirmed like despite how awful people treat her Mm -hmm. she still does seem to have an optimistic silver lining of like, you did this horrible thing to me, but like, don't be mean to them. Or like, I don't want to, you know, she still always maintains that, which is remarkable that she can still have that light and positivity despite all of this. It was interesting to hear her perspective on Kevin and when they divorced and how she didn't like that the public was making fun of him and mocking him. Because at the end of the day, it's still her children's father. And that's very humiliating. I, not that he deserves grace, but you have to remember that this is somebody who just went through a breakup and they don't want to be also embarrassed that they dated like an idiot. It was kind of just rubbing it in her face that he was a schmuck. And so it's like, when you hear it from her perspective, it's like, oh yeah, like to be cheering about it. It is, changes like so much of yeah. the, the dialogue from back yeah, then. Like confetti. And it's like, oh ooh, yeah, Ugh. of course she doesn't. At the end of the day, those children are with him and you don't want your kids to 
see negative headlines about your parents. Like you just, you want to keep it as normal for them as possible and in a very unnatural state. And of course you don't want to bad mouth no matter how much trash she was. So it just puts into perspective. And like you said, like she's so overly kind and overly forgiving. And that is a recipe for disaster in this very cold hearted industry that is so duplicitous and and sick and she's too sweet a soul to be in something like this you've got a lot of people worming their way into her life as she pointed out every man who gets into her orbit cannot handle it the fame which i think is a really wise observation at least she's aware of that that like as soon as they get into this closed circle they spiral out for one reason or another because they can't handle this fame which a lot of celebrities say a lot of powerful women say and you know you've got like Sharon Madonna and similarly it all doesn't work out but I feel like she really gave us a lot more context about how hard hard she took the Justin breakup which lasted for years really at least as much as she told us to be like really thinking about that she was affected at the 2007 VMAs thinking about he having audience members shimmy their boobs on him while she was embarrassed backstage it's like, oh yeah, like she was still having a lot of feelings then, obviously. And it's it's just a lot of context and realizing how hurt she was. And then because we didn't know about the abortion story and all of that, of course she needed a lot of time to heal that she didn't get. And that royally fucked her up, I'm sure. Yeah, someone said in the live chat, they were like, she if you think about it, she truly never took a break. Like even when they said, like, I'm she said, I'm taking a break, she never really did. No, no. Which kind of, which boiled up to the the Onyx Hotel tour when she was like, I want, she literally manifested a break. Yes. Because she was like, I just, I need to get off this train. Yeah, completely. So. Note on the 2007 VMAs though, that I was thinking while I was reading this book, Mm. because she was like, she talked about it and she's like, you know, performers have bad performances and like. Yeah. I think we need to reshape the word bad here. Okay. That is true. We all have like a quote unquote bad performance. Like even listening to this podcast, like there are some that are funnier than others. But I will just say, I don't remember anyone else's quote unquote bad performances. That performance was iconic. It is pop culture history. She may, it's not quote unquote bad. But I was going to say is it's not, it is quote unquote bad by Britney's standards because she set the bar so high. Every VMA is. Well, and none of the, the girls, girls now. No, I know it. I know it. The stand is jumping out. Let me sit down. What really happened is... percent of the VMA performances that happened, no <laughs> one remembers. Yeah. And is talking about 10, 15, 20 years later. So... If we're being honest, she raised the bar every single time. So that is why that performance stands out. Because the last time she did it, I believe, was 2003 with The Kiss. So at that point, you've, you've brought the um, expectations to a fever pitch of like, okay, she, it's... She's had a snake. She's stripped. She's kissed. What could she possibly do this time? And when it was just a performance with no with a fucking iconic song with an iconic song, songs, but there is, but there's no gag on this performance. Every performance had a gag. Every Maybe performance it was a gag. Well, yes, it was in yeah. the end. But like that is what set this up so much beyond just yes, she felt unprepared for it, and it wasn't her sharpest choreo. But like people were just set up for an impossible expectation at that point. So I think that is part of why it all crumbled. And people were actively rooting against her. It was a time of great backlash against her. I mean, since the Justin breakup, to be honest. 
And from the beginning, too, like people hated. I remember the Spear Britney shirts at Hot Topic because people hated the Bubblegum Pop Princess. Mm-hmm. The uh, Oh, the Horror. The Oh, the Horror magazine, Entertainment Weekly cover. Which is iconic. I have it in yes, Legends Finder. Same. But yeah, I, that's a great point to bring up. Right. It's like Britney at quote unquote bad right. is still iconic. I mean, I really do hope that this was a healing process for her and that she was at least able to get this version of the story out real fast because I do think it can be fleshed out in a couple years. I think there are like literally court dates coming up in recent weeks so still about this situation. And it's like... And the divorce. And and the divorce. The book is like the technically d- dated if the you div- think about it. The, the fact that the book was dated the second like it dropped because of the divorce was also upsetting because I the wedding the wedding isn't in it the the fact that like it kind of ends on like well I'll start a family with Sam it's just I I would have liked a few more years of perspective and most importantly for her to get out of the limelight to like fully dive in because at the end of the day like when we talk about her not being able to take a break like at the end of the day I do wish that she will take some time not maybe in LA, but like out of Hollywood, out of Hollywood, out of the industry, out of the industry and just actively doing like yoga and teaching the girls to dance. And Oh, that moment. Yeah. And just doing something low key and chill because at the end of the day, this was also still a big spectacle. And I did worry about how this attention would affect her. I just think that, yeah, I would have loved perspective. Now, if this helps with her court proceedings i don't know you know to get the story out faster or to get those um numbers out faster that story is not over there are still people who are accountable who still need to be held accountable in court so i don't know i feel like this is a part yeah this book is a chapter in a bigger story yeah but incredibly proud of her for putting together the story to now in the way that she wanted to tell it I do feel like it's uh, sort of written as though her website, like stream of consciousness, letters of truth, letters of truth with like connective tissue to help the stories all sort of coalesce. But yeah, I definitely think the stands kind of knew more or less a lot of this, but not the specific details. Onyx Hotel. The fact that she was the one that sabotaged the domination reveal was wild i think that was the most shocking for me as like that a was diehard stand that was shocking that she even mentioned it to it be changes honest. the entire way that that event was perceived yeah at the time we were yelling at larry for creating a an event that would make her be socially anxious which is to a degree true but yeah it's true but uh at the same time i love that it was an act of defiance of her yeah. purposely walking past the cameras she didn't want to do that shit and i do like that she acknowledged that she did not give it her all on stage because I think, and she kind of said it, she owed it to the fans to be honest that like, no, I wasn't really flipping my hair or really trying in parts because I was doing the bare minimum that I had to do. I didn't want to do this. Like That makes a lot of sense with especially the world tour. Yes. Because we talked, I mean, we talked about this. She wanted to go to Atlantic vacation City. and instead they took away her, well, it was like- The entire the, summer. The Yes, she said, I was really looking forward to this. I don't want to do this. And they said, tough. Yeah. So yeah. It's... That changes like the entire, I mean, yeah. When we were in Atlantic City and she's like, wow, this reminds me of Louisiana. And we were like, oh, she's over it. Pissed, yeah. And now it all makes sense. Yeah. I think a lot of fans had always 
knew it didn't feel good at times more than others. But one time that did start to feel good, as we haven't talked about yet, is Glory. Oh, and this is oh, so makes me so happy. She, I think, well, I was also shocked. We had talked about this in the Britney pod, but I had friends who were in attendance who told us that she did mention the conservatorship in a Jonathan Ross interview that got cut out. And she mentions that in the book. Yeah. Which is that I was shook by that. But yeah, she said that meeting Justin and Julia sort of reinvigorated her creatively. And she started to feel the spark again a little bit. And she asked her boys to name the album. And you could tell, I mean, now that you really could tell now that we've got like the unreleased glory cover in chains breaking out of the house it's like, yeah, like it's... it was screaming at us from from afar for years but it's good to know that what we felt we knew that there was some sort of spark happening during glory yeah you i mean you could see it the entire year yeah in london you could hear it in our voice in the radio interviews you could see it on stage yes the fire in her eyes the stands we always say yes of course she wanted um, No Seas Cortez in the Vegas show. She couldn't get it for a while. Which, like, yeah. Taste. But, yeah, it sounded like she had to put up a lot of fights to change Vegas in any way that she knew that would be good and get naked into the show because... And the thing is, like, all of her changes that she wanted to make are, like, fan favorites. And they're, like, moments that would have made the show better. You can almost feel them be, like, stick to the standards. Yeah. Stick to the whatever we, you know. We're not changing this production. Right. And she knew. No one else was on my mind. The the glory and how she was talking about how they wouldn't let her make changes yeah. at all. And that infuriated her. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of the anger. The Jamie Lynn remixes and a lot of this anger is like not letting her essentially be creative. Mm-hmm. And if you think back to 2016, the performances that she ate the fuck up were all entirely different. Yeah. Make Me at the VMAs, the BBMAs medley. That 30 minute, which I still, t- like, uh, justice for that fucking iHeartRadio. Yeah. That was better than a Super Bowl performance. Mm-hmm. It was 30 minutes. She did not break through it. It was all new choreo, all new routines. Yeah. She was on fire. You could tell, like, it c- confirmed exactly what she was writing about in the book. Like, if you just let me be creative and do new things mm-hmm. and deliver new things for my fans, that's what I want. Yeah. And that year proved it. Yeah, you know, it was, it's hard and it makes a lot of fans feel complex feelings about supporting anything, you know, especially from 2008 onward and how how unhappy she was when she yeah. was putting out those products. I'm just really glad that she was able to speak on her own terms about this and put it all out there about how much was restricted, the the settings on the phone and everything, just all of that, parental settings and all of that and calling out people in the circle that we would know would follow her like robin and to know her true feelings on those people yeah very illuminating it's like all the people you just like see around but you didn't know anything yes everything was all very elusive very elusive and it truly didn't ever feel like that for another pop star to this degree no we were always very uncomfy about it it makes a lot of sense i think there is a lot of things that aren't said in the book that are equally as telling and i don't know where everything stands uh one of the big things people are pointing out there is no mention of samus uh, sorry of sam lutfi and my thought 
and I don't know if it's true, is because of the restraining order. I don't know if she even can or maybe just wants to because I know there was a restraining order in place at one point or it continues to be. But then she also references Adnan, the photographer, as only the photographer, but we know who she's talking about during that era. That era is very broad in some ways when she's talking about that romance and not mentioning him at all i almost think it's kind of badass that she doesn't even give them the that could be another reason it's like in a way by just being like that photographer yeah yeah that man it's very like it's saying a lot without actually naming the Mm -hmm. name yeah so they're i thought it was badass that she didn't even give them the yeah because then think of all the headlines if they would have been like oh all the people name dropped Mm. it would have given them all this press and like by just saying oh the photographer let people yeah maybe it was intentional not to lift their names up yeah any further i know that people were chomping at the bit to have something about christina in this book and jimmy kimmel was asking and everyone was like thirsty for like deep deep draggings no no no. you know she the one story that people are pointing to about her being quote-unquote a mess in la at one time they were like swimming together with the dancers we were out with the dancers i saw christina she seemed messed up yeah to me that was really relaying that Everyone was able to have fun with mm-hmm. whatever substances without her. Yeah. I didn't look at it as shade. I no. thought of it like, oh, we're out. We're celebrating. Everyone else gets to indulge however they choose yeah. to, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I think she was feeling a certain way during Stripped and the tour. With Oh, yeah. They yeah. went back and forth in, yeah. in interviews and TRL and things like that. But I think but... it says a lot that it's not rehashed like fans do now. Yeah. Like, she, if she had those feelings i'm sure it would have come across in general she shows a lot of grace truly to everyone in this book even you know the biggest even like the apologizing to the people who helped her do the marble floors when she was like i was just so mean then like i was pregnant and stressed and i'm sorry to the people who helped me (laughs) do the marble in my house was like yeah like i get it but you know for all the anger that justin's currently receiving online and i did predict the thrashings because of the way he was doing promo lately i found it obviously very interesting i think of the family brian seems to have maybe the most leeway i i don't know how to describe it but she doesn't seem to hate brian no she's definitely come for jamie lynn quite a bit in the book but even at the end she's like i love my sister and one day maybe you know that's still my sister quote unquote she's obviously you know, written off the father and the mother to a certain degree. But I think there's maybe a door open probably for Brian based on the book. But for the most part, I think that bridge is deservedly burned and we'll see what comes of it legally or just in how she operates moving forward. I don't know. The ending was a little unsettlingly like open-ended because it was so close to the end of the conservatorship again would wish for that five or ten years to be like and then i thrived by doing xyz and you know went to teach kids and found my passion for the spark for dance and art and went on to do this or whatever it's that kind of thing that you kind of get from a lot of the memoirs that isn't in this which is unique of like what happened after the big horrible thing kind of it's just so fresh i really did love that she talked about like feeling connected to god through creativity that is something that i really connect with her on when she's like i feel 
most connected to heaven when I am like singing, which is like your creativity. Mm. And so I hope that, yeah, she's able to have time to play. Like yeah. the the hairdresser told her, like yeah. you need time to play and be creative and yeah. just express yourself. And totally. Yeah. It's a hopeful ending. And I also, I actually really appreciated the hold me closer part oh, because yeah. it did sound like she genuinely felt something from that. She was starstruck by by mariah by madonna by elton she is a fan of legends and she was honored to do the elton song and it sounds like that was a little a little tick of confidence for her at least so i'm I'm glad that she liked it because it did feel like a little boost for her but yeah the the rest is still unwritten yeah um i think in closing i could say that overall i feel like the one takeaway, the biggest takeaway is that she loves her kids. Oh, yeah. From this book. Like, leaving the end kind of like, well, this is open-ended. Where are we going from here? I feel like my hope is that they will realize that she loves her kids with everything. And she endured a lot because she loves them. So I hope that there's a reconciliation that can happen there. Yeah, that was... I got emotional a few times, but the first time was in the actual first seconds of the book when she herself in her own voice says, dedicated to my boys, I love you, to something of that effect. And I just teared up because it's knowing the state of things currently. That's just so, so heartbreaking. And truly, that is the theme of this book underneath it all. Like, she loves those boys. Yeah, so. like, I did this for my kids. Yeah. I agreed to this because I love my boys. Yeah. I suffered from this yeah. because I love my kids. So yeah, I hope for that too. I hope there is a reconciliation after the, the dust settles from this. Yeah. And, it needs time. Yeah. But if nothing I else it'll to get hear there. from her perspective themselves, yeah, um, you know, it is, that's a rough scenario. Yeah. That's, I guess those are our main takeaways from the book. You know, we're still processing. We did only read it a few days ago, but... Yeah, I feel like I have different revelations. There's, yeah, I'm still... The the 2016 revelation hit me the other day when I was like, I was on a YouTube, as I'm sure most of you do the same thing. Yeah. Rewatching the Billboard Music Awards medley, and then I went on a spiral and I was like, "I this is what she talked about in the book. She wanted to do new shit. And I'm like, wait... So I'm like going through. So yeah, still having revelations every day. But also if you are curious, pun intended, I thought the audiobook was very well done. I've actually- Oh, as for Michelle herself? I was, I did not want to do it because I was like, it's not Britney. I don't want to listen to it. Yeah. But it was very well done. I actually, in certain moments, felt like I was listening to Britney talk. There was like something in the way that she delivered this audiobook. Oh yeah. That felt- not like an impersonation, but there was an infliction in certain words that she nailed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I really liked it. It was a good listen. So. Definitely. Yeah, she she's a, a student of, I mean, she's a studied actress and award-winning actress. Of course, she watched yeah. interviews and stuff beforehand and sort of took on the spirit, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I also did read it, listen to it at like 1.5. Yeah, it was 1.5. Yeah. But I thought she did a good job as well. Um, it's already, I guess, the best-selling celebrity memoir in history. Well, this is a place for <laughs> legends. And, you know, we'll see. I guess numbers will come soon. But I'm I'm sure it's outselling, outcharting everything ever before. And I hope that's good news for her. And the more people know the story, the better. Because at the end of the day, there was a lot assumed about her that 
the casual person just didn't know. Again, for fans, it's like a little different because we knew what led to the 2007 it events is. to a certain degree and stuff. And But then there's a lot of revelations that nobody could know about her various ways she was trying to get out over the years or just the ways that she was more controlled than we ever knew. It's quite quite the tale and quite the it's just it's an extremely unique life story and hopefully will be something that people can have is a frame of reference to know about abuse of the courts and abuse of systems that are in place to help people which is also what she said when she got out of it is that she hopes her story can help other people who might be in similar situations so always trying to help everybody else yeah it is her blessing and her curse for being in an industry that is certainly not kind-hearted. And all I can really hope is that kind-hearted people, and I, I've said that for years, are around her. She's also an empath, I feel. Yeah. It was another thing I took away from this. Yep. And that she can continue to flourish on her own terms in her own time. And I also am glad that she did say, just to calm the, the expectations, that music is not what's really speaking to her right now. Basically, she was like, B10 is not around the corner. Yeah. Um, and I actually like that. Me and too. I'm not saying that I would not take another Britney album because I do think there's like something really cool she could do with her story and like of turn course. it into art. But reading the book, it, the way that, I mean, especially in Vegas, they were like, no, you're doing this Vegas show. This is what it looks like. It's a package deal. You're not getting out of this. You're not allowed to change it up. You're not allowed to do anything different. That also sets context for like, the Instagram videos where she's like, oh, I tried making a dress and the general like people, locals in her comments were like, and it's so like fucking making fun of her, like little fucking rats that they are. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this is like the first time it seems like she's been able to try new creative ventures outside of making songs. And so I love that she's able to like now take time to do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. Like for once. To give her grace. Like, yeah. She wants to paint. She wants to be a fashion designer. She wants to make, sh- like, do whatever. Like, And it is funny because, and she didn't talk about this in the book. Again, I, I could name a million things I wish. This is what was happening right before the conservatorship. When she got pregnant and she started talking about a children's baby line and she started mm-hmm. doing original doll and she started getting into, I don't know, just different ventures of any kind is when they sort of started reeling her in effectively as she sort of expanded and wanted to become more and more hands-on and creative. So that is interesting. In she did case. seem to really love Brintimates too. Oh, right. Brintimates. We did not get any Brintimates in the no, book. No, but I felt like at that time she was really, <laughs> yeah. she seemed to really be into that. Yeah. The, the more you really think about it as a fan, you're like, oh God. The perfumes? like There's so much there's to so, be said. I have two million questions. Yeah. I have only more questions. However, I did enjoy this book. Yeah, for sure. It, it did not, I will say I was surprised by it. I think my expectations as a stand going into it were wrong and yeah yeah i i agree with you like clearly the top of mind and obviously the most important thing was talking about the conservatorship and that's yeah. of course that was fresh of my on mine and um, now she can move forward as she said in the end of the book yeah so <sighs> there you have it wow the woman and me available now not sponsored no but it is on audible for one credit oh yes mm-hmm. and you can do the uh the free thing right um, I'm not sure of that, but oh, okay. I had credits on Audible. Oh, very nice. Wow. Well. Well, we're curious what you think. So hop. Well, I mean, everyone's been talking in the Discord channels as well. That's true. Which yeah. has been cool to read because it's like everyone's kind of pulling different thoughts or like 
pulling the visual references of all the stuff she's talked about, which has been really cool to like, this is that interview. This is the Mariah photo. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going back and yeah. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to join us on our Discord, there's a ton of conversation happening on there. You can comment on the Patreon as well. And uh, yeah, and we'll have a live chat again in uh, November. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for this mini book club session. Until next time. We will. See you. Soon.